We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 349 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I am pleased to welcome on Richard Buxton, a journalist writing for a number of publications, including the Sunday Mirror, the National, who covered the Premier League, but I've known as a Kool-Aid for years now. Richard, thanks for joining the show. Pleasure, Dan. It's good to finally be back on. Yeah, and Richard, unfortunately, before we jump into all the business, because we're doing transfer stuff today, there's enough we'll say negativity about the results and even Nico Gonzalez going down with an injury to Gino Des earlier in the week, all the injuries you saw against in the last game out against, well, even Cadiz and Rob Arcano. So we're going to, before we get to the negativity here, Richard has the pleasure of helping me announce or just complimenting the current shirt I'm wearing, I guess, that we finally, 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 I don't know how many finallys we need here, have merch for the podcast uh, and everything else involved. So there's t-shirts with the new logo, sweatshirts, mugs, phone cases, stickers, and there's even a special Frances-inspired Ola Coulet shirt available as well. So as everybody has seen me wear my Patreon gift shirt from 2018 about a thousand times, which we never really sold in a mask, we just sent to the Patreons as a gift, without hyperbole, thousands of times, or a thousand times at least, between Twitch, the podcast, and the YouTube channel over the last few years. This has been a long, long, long time coming. So thank you so much to everybody, the listeners, and those who've supported us in different ways. Thank you for your patience. And I also want to thank everybody so much again for supporting me in this whole podcast and website and YouTube channel and the whole endeavor that has become way more than what Frances and I imagined it would be all those years ago when we started the podcast. So thanks, everybody. The link for the show store or yes, the uh, merchandise store is down in the description, in the show notes. And next week, we'll be blasting all over social media, me in, in, in different things. And so check out that and there'll be links everywhere. So again, thanks so much for everyone who's been patient. And also everyone who filled out the Google form almost a year ago about whether or not you'd want merch that really helped get the ball rolling back then. And so we're finally at the finish line here. So Richard, thanks so much for sitting through that and and dealing with that little uh, update there. But yeah, thanks to them and thanks to you too, Richard. No problem, none. <laughs> okay, so I usually don't get too crazy with transfer rumors, but along with the merch drop, it just felt like a day to get a little silly and almost, yeah, say thank you. So Richard, you watch a lot of football and not just the Liga. So today, instead of dwelling on the current results again, I think we're going to look ahead to the summer transfer window and I think before we even begin that, we have to kind of set the groundwork that with this current squad, 
you know, you could say Christensen, you could say Kessier, those deals are pretty much already done. And yeah, there will be one or two, definitely one or two other even free transfers or, or really cheap signings. But this depleted and fatigued squad that's looking for debt depth still cannot sign or bring in anybody because it's not about the, the revenue that Barca has. Because whether they sign the CVC C deal for 270 million euros or whatever it is, the Spotify camp news is certainly going to be a huge thing. And then while the Goldman Sachs loan is about consolidating debt and doing S by Barca, of course, some revenue could trickle into transfers as well, depending on what's allotted to it. But the big concern is still the wage limit. Even though that wage limit for Barca that was at with 97 million this season, which was impossible, that's why the club never got under it. Even if that goes up, which it will, certainly with, with, with revenue renewed next season, they still might have a challenge getting under that cap. And to, to facilitate that, you've got to have guys go out. And I have my list, but yeah, Richard, what are those names? Hit me with the names, which guys kind of need to be moved on, regardless of their role in the team, to facilitate any moves. It's tricky now because a lot of players have taken uh, reduced salaries to, to stay on for longer, obviously. Simon City is probably one of the biggest examples um, by spreading his remaining salary over the remain the additional two years. But I think Um City is one of those players that, even though we are spreading the cost, I think they need to get players like that off the wage bill. I think a lot of the senior players, you know, people sort of PK, um, but Lengless, um, I think even people like Eric Garcia, I think they probably need to be, be moved on because experiment work with, with a lot of these players who was signed and and there is a lot of costly failure um associated with the club and, and lest we forget but Casino uh, is still on the book so getting rid of him would be a big help but at the same time when Messi left it didn't really bring the, the weight club down back so it's still gonna be a challenge and there's gonna be needs to be a lot of upheaval this summer so I think it's a case of probably apart from maybe the likes of Pedri and Bambiang it's pretty much to take your pick. Well, yeah, I have my untouchable list of Araujo. Also, his renewal presentation just happened about an hour ago. So he's certainly here for the long haul. Gabi is going to be signing his renewal very soon. And then Pedri, Ansu. And if Dembele renews, I put Dembele in that same category. Obviously, Barcelona would love to renew him because they were unable to sell him because he wasn't going to be sold. So he's a... I mean, obviously, he wouldn't sign a renewal and then immediately be sold. That's not going to happen with Dembele. You know, and you mentioned Eric Garcia. It's interesting because I have him in a list of Ter Stegen, Garcia, PK, Alba, Busquets, Frankie de Young, Nico, and Ferran Torres. That little group there, I say that they're going to have to be here. I don't know what their roles are going to be. Like, we're not talking about Alba or Busquets or PK. We're not talking about their playing time for next year. We're talking about them having a number in the squad next year because they will. I mean, if you get rid of that group there... I mean, especially with Ansu and Pedri always injured and Araujo being pretty injury-plagued as well. You can't really get rid of that that group there because then there's just too much upheaval in the team. You can't get rid of half of your players. So that last group that you kind of mentioned some of that I had, well, Des, Aubameyang, and Alves actually is interesting because Alves is certainly only there because, you know, he's there basically for free completely. I mean, wage-wise too. He's the cheapest wages on the books and he basically is there as, as a goodwill for the club. And then Aubameyang and Dest, I mean, Aubameyang, his wages are going to go way up in year two of that, but they're all obviously not going to sell him. They're pretty much locked into next year being Aubameyang's final year, no matter what. And then Dest is the interesting one where we're going to talk about the right back situation in a bit. But I mean, I looked at the transfers. I looked at the guys who might be available and I go like, I don't know if Barcelona's going to have the money to facilitate a move for an actual upgrade for Dest. Like you might actually have to bring in a player who might be a lateral move to him. Uh, but again, we'll get to that in a second. And then, yeah, that group of Neto, Langley, Mingetha, Umtiti, Puj, Memphis Dubai. I mean, Sergio Roberto we'll get to in a second. And Martin Brothwaite. 
that group, I don't know how much like transfer money that will actually snatch you, right, as as exports, but getting those wages, all especially the big wages. I mean, Gaitha, Puj, not so much, and even Brathwaite, not so much. But, I mean, Neto's making a lot for a backup goalkeeper. Same thing with, uh, even though Lele took a little bit of a salary reduction, it's still one of the bigger ones. It's still top half, rather. And then you mentioned MTT as well. But then Memphis, of course, Memphis, I think, is at number four or five, even though he even took a reduced salary to come to Barcelona. Then Luke de Jong and Damatorori, they're technically just going to be gone because they just won't be bought. But that means that with Adamatoro returning to Wolverhampton, Trincao will most likely, he only scored one goal this year. And you, you've actually watched Trincao, so I want to ask you, Richard. Trincao certainly, I mean, even if he returns in the summertime, he's probably going to have to be sold on, what was yeah, 31 mil plus He's going to be sold likely for a much, much smaller number, having just one goal in the Premier League this season and, you know, really struggling. And now being 22, I mean, is he starting to be seen as damaged goods? I think so, yeah. I think it was interesting that um, just this week, Wolverhampton's manager, Bruno R, said that for the first three months of the season, Trinkalati looked good and then he's held off it. It sort of feels symptomatic of his Barcelona career. Um, when he came in from Prague, I think we all had high hopes. Um, it was obviously a different time and, and you know, expense was no issue at the time because of the previous board. Um, they lose transfer strategy. But um, I think it's the, the ideal scenario would have been that um, Obama hit the ground running for Barca, you know, hit the ground running for Wolves and a swap deal in shoes. Um, but right now, especially because of form, it doesn't look likely because no one, as you say, is going to pay the money that Barca needs to get him off the books and also to get back in the black, really. So it's a, it's one of those rights off signs that you look back on it now and you think, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, and and so many of these moves too, as you mentioned, like Umtiti taking that, that pay cut, that was to facilitate getting under the cap for, or getting under the quote-unquote limit for Ferran Torres and Obama Yang. And, you know, Umtiti was one of the major reasons why Obama Yang and Ferran Torres and, I mean, again, not Danny Alves, but even Adama Torre were able to play in January and the club was able to turn things around. So, yeah, an odd, like, big thank you, even though why didn't you leave the last two years prior to that when the club was trying to force you out? And speaking of the club not knowing what to do or forcing a player out but not forcing a player out, this Serge Roberto renewal. I mean, clearly the club is divided, and I think certainly there is a Catalan tax to him that exists where there are some within the club that they want to keep one of the four captains around. But more surprisingly about this renewal is that it is purely, just like Abdidi, it is purely financial, I think, at this point, where apparently he was making close to six to eight mil per season, and then that could drop down to less than two mil per season to facilitate Gabi's renewal. And so if Roberto renewing for one additional season means Gabi renews, obviously every Kool-Aid in the world is going to sign on for that. But more importantly is Roberto is a player, as a member of a 25-man squad, as much as people say, oh, he's not a right back and he's not really a midfielder and he can't really do either at a high level and he's just a squad player, squad players, for anything, they have to be dependable. They have to be available. And the reason you're a squad player is because, you know, you sit on the bench for a while, then you come in and you're useful in whatever way the manager needs you to do with rotations and the like. So, you know, having him available for two of the positions, especially as a inverted midfielder, as a right back, I mean, that's fits Roberto like a glove and kind of the only thing he does is we'll say at elite level. But... Staying on the field has been his biggest problem, more than even his ceiling as a as an actual player. I mean, Richard, how many? I mean, obviously, I have the number here in front of me, but how many appearances do you think Roberto has made in the last two years? Well, I've got the number of games he's missed in the last two years. Um, <laughs> I might narrow it down a little bit. It's funny because I did the other. I got I, I wrote down the number of games that he actually played in. But yeah, what's what? So he played in thirty two in the last two years, twelve this season, twenty last year. How many did he actually miss? 
he missed 78, and that, that that's not wow. including the remaining games of the season. So that could be 80, 85, potentially. And that's one of your four captains. And that's somebody that was making, again, more than five, six million on your wage bill this season. And yeah, I mean, Roberto was such a net loss now for a player that, you know, it's interesting because he's going to go down, not in history, but as a little footnote of a player who bridged the gap. Unlike Mark Bartra, unlike Jared Delefeu, kind of in that generation, right? Guys that are right now between 27 and 31, Tiago Alcantara as well, even Rafinha Alcantara, who's the same age, I believe, as, as Roberto. He was the one who stayed. He was the one who became a captain. He was the one who fought through it all, the minutes and whatever, and, you know, scored the two miraculous goals that I'll always be remembered for. But at this point, I mean, yeah, Roberto's only going to be in the squad next year because of that Gabi renewal. Pretty much, yeah. And, and it, as you say, it does seem to be a bit of a Catalan tax. We know how, how much Olamassia has become um, the focal point again since uh, Laporte came in and obviously since Zabi came back. So um, it does feel a bit of token uh, renewal. But as you say, there, there's a bigger picture at play here and it is Gabi's renewal. So it, it's short-term pain, but uh, Roberto, as you say, he's got two memorable goals and, and he'll always be aligned to that. But He's just not reliable enough to be in the team consistently. And it, it does feel like, as you say, necessary evil because of the strict financial situation and how you have to make reductions on the salary to, to renew players and even register players. So it's not one I can imagine that many QAs will be um, lining the roofs outside camp now to celebrate. But um, if it gets Gabby over the line, as you say, then I think a lot of people will, will take it in the short term. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Puyol or Piquet and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, I guess we get rid of the part that was a little more, you know, stuck in the weeds here. But uh, yeah, let's get a little funky here with different names. And I also had a grand manifesto of almost 20 minutes of, what was it, 26 total names between uh, four different positions, a striker, the left back, the right back, and the center back positions of, you know, my picks or names that you might not have heard about. Really going in the weeds. I'll throw out some of those names here on the pod. But what I didn't cover yesterday in that YouTube video was Dembele and his renewal and the right wing and the winger position. Because it's interesting that his desire to stay this week especially, uh, PR-wise, has just been exasperated. Where he said Dembele, it seems like the player himself, is voicing that he wants to remain at Barcelona. But the parties, that being his agent, which was Sissoko, and the club are still not on the same page. They're still pretty far apart. The real questions are, how far apart are they? And then for you, Richard... Have you heard anything change? Because we keep hearing PSG, and PSG, we obviously know they can afford them. There was actually something that came out this week that said, of the Bundesliga's top 10 wage earners, Bayern Munich has all 10. And for, for Ligue 1, it's PSG. They hold all 10 of the top 10 wage earners, uh, or all uh, Paris Saint-Germain players. And so, obviously, PSG can handle putting Dembele on the books, especially if Mbappe's wages are heading to Real Madrid. They can handle that. But outside of PSG, let's say PSG are too busy, you know, doing their own thing or trying to desperately trying to renew Mbappe. Have you heard some buzz around Dembélé in the Premier League because if you don't, then if PSG's not the option, that's why I keep saying that Barcelona has to kind of be where he falls back to. Yeah, it does feel like a whole situation has been born of brinkmanship and, and neither party the club and Dembélé's can look good in this situation. Um I mean there was talk about um, Manchester United and Liverpool being an equation but Categorically, that's not going to happen. Manchester United are a train wreck right now, um, and they've got to get the house in order. Liverpool are on the crest of a wave. They could win four trophies this season, and because Dembele worked on the Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund, the suggestion is that well, this could happen, um, but absolutely not. There's no indication from Liverpool, from from people I've spoken to there, that he would even be entertained. And I think because, partly because his injury record has not been great, um, and also because of the way this has all played out, it's all been a very very ugly situation. And as you say, the two camps seem to be at odds. Funny enough, I actually the Bally's injury record before we came on. And we had to look at, compared to um, the number of games, he's missed something like 37% of, of, of games since he's been here, which in the grand scheme of things isn't bad, but those prolonged spells have, have really been um, detrimental. And also the way that the club and, and his agents have been sort of behaving. Obviously, we had Matteo Malaman say that he won't play for the club and he, he can sit on the bench until the summer and then just have the undermine that by bringing him in. 
and we've seen some good performances, but not just don't hear off. And I think you look at the last two games in the league, they weren't great, and you could even include the Frankfurt game in that one. So it's just, I think it's a case of, I think there's going to be an embarrassing climb around from one of the parties. Um, but if the noise is about Dembele being willing to accept what the club wants, then it's going to be um, a bit of a pill for him to follow. But at the same time, the club have sort of made it up to roam back because Aleman has been saying that Dembele and Sissoko knew what was going on. And I think the way that Sissoko tried to almost weaponise the, the negotiations about you need some new Dembele because you won't be able to get some Ferran Torres and Aubameyang, as you said. And then Samuel and City does does the work for them. Um, I think that's probably harvested a little bit of um, ill feeling between them. And so even if he does review, it will be a it'll be a complicated one, similar to the bed. So I think they'll, I think it will be done from both parties. They won't really be not too much a heavy heart, but I don't think they'll be overly um, ecstatic about it because the situation could have been avoided if either party just blinked first and, and neither refused, uh, was willing to. So because of that, we're going to end up in a situation where the value either leaves for nothing. Um, and then any club can take the pick of him. Um, I don't think it's in stone that he will go to PSG. I haven't heard any really credible noises that he will. Yeah. Or he renews. And, you know, Barca have basically been corralled um, essentially into, into giving the player what he wants, even if it is slightly more on their term than his. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Liverpool because of the list that I had yesterday. Again, even I, I would just Google a name, right? I would, I would, I've watched a little bit of a player, and then I, I would put him in the Google machine and see uh, what kind of links or what kind of clubs he, he's even linked to, right? And then I'd see, I'll see Lazio, I'll see a team, another team in the Bundesliga, and then it's Liverpool. And I think Liverpool was connected to I think nineteen of the twenty six players that I that I that I researched, and just. I don't know. I, I, as much as every player and every agent seems to use Barcelona or Real Madrid or Manchester United interest, you know, and I, I put interest in quotes here because, again, it's the agents facilitating those rumors for players that, you know, were never really looked at by those clubs. Liverpool is obviously the, the hot pick, right? Right now, every agent is like, you know, I mean, obviously our podcast, we were, we've been, we've been linked to become a Liverpool podcast recently. I, I say that in jest, but no. So then when we, with Dembele, the way I, the way I, the reason I start this before we get into again, striker, left back, right back, and potentially center back four positions that are of need where there will be holes based on the players that the club wants to remove. If Dembele renews, I don't see the club then prioritizing Rafinha from Leeds United, especially with Leeds not getting, likely not getting relegated this year. I don't see how Rafinha is on his way. Again, the club is going to have Trincao basically plopped right back in their lap that they're going to have to figure out. And again, it's a lot easier to sell a player on in theory than it is to actually sell a player. But I actually also think that the agreement with Wolves, it's more like Wolves is going to be stuck with Trincao and Barcelona have kind of, I think, already agreed, pretty much already agreed to pay the 30 million euros for Adama Traore. And it would be something about going back on their word in that way on Adama Traore if they chose to move on, where he was this insurance policy to Dembele. And with Dembele's health record, even if he renews, I think you're still going to see that same rotation next year, that Adama Traore is a clear-cut backup to Dembele, because how are they going to possibly afford 35, 40 million to go out to get a backup for Dembele in Rafinha, who can only really play on the right wing because he's all left foot, or is that correct, right? He's all left foot, or then he goes to the left side, and then that's you know, I probably could try him there, but certainly he's not a player that plays in the middle or has much versatility other than playing on the right wing where he is really only solely comfortable. 
Yeah, and with Rafinha, I think there's an element of caution because I, I don't think he's been as good as, as some people suggest. I mean, I remember um, in February, I was at an Everton game when he played Leeds and the steward next to the press box said to one of the, 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 the local Leeds-centric journalists about he's a brilliant player. And it, I don't know if it was because they'd lost quite heavily or, or if he was in a bad spell of form, but he basically said, you can have him, which uh, I found quite surprising because I thought he was quite... He'd shown out in, in a large poor team, but I mean, this was under Marcel Bielsa. Obviously, Jesse Marsh being in there now, it's probably probably um, changed things a little. I think he probably would be a bit more reticent to let him go. Um, but again, as you say, uh, if Bars bring him in, he's going to be a backup. And that's that's the biggest problem. You can't just sign backup players for the sake of it because the financial situation is such that the club can't afford to be having these luxuries. Um, no doubt he's a good player. Doesn't, and obviously, there is some leverage there with obviously Deco being a representative and we obviously know about him, but um, if he's going to come in ostensibly as a backup, then it's it's not really a gamble you, you want to be taking. There are, as you say, better areas that need prioritising if then Barry renews. Well, yeah, and then we spoke about the front line, where even if you have Aubameyang continue on next year, Ansu, who knows what shape he's in. Also, isn't he a left winger, right? And Ferran Torres, is he a winger or is he a centre forward? So that number nine, that's where we transition to that number nine position, Obviously, Erlen Holland, we've thrown that way, 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 way out. He's, he's definitely going to Man City. But for that number nine position, you're still going to need some kind of striker because, again, Luke de Jong is going back to Sevilla. You have Martin Brothwaite will no longer be around. And so you do have positions available. And even I've mentioned Farron Jugla as scoring 21 goals between the B team and the first team this year. He could get spot number 24 or 25. He could become a warm body that replaces, and they're going to need that, whether it's Balde at left back, whether it's Jugla at, at center forward, or, or whether it's there's somebody else coming up from the B team. They're going to need from 23, 24, 25, somebody to replace the likes of Mingetha and Brathwaite. And uh, I mean, Luke de Young has been, <laughs> he's been player, what, 15 or 16? I mean, in, in that case. But to speak about, the number nine position, we have to start and kind of almost end with Robert Lewandowski because you want to ask, if not him, then who? Because it's it's either Bayern or Barca for Lewandowski. The heavy links are real. Obviously, it's supposedly going to take 40 to 50 million to get him from Bayern because he still has a contract for another year. And he is going to be 34 in August. So those are all alarm bells with him wanting a three-year deal. Yet, I've said this before, Richard, on this podcast, with 48 goals in 43 matches this season for Bayern Munich, I'm not sure how worried I am about a three-year deal for him. Even if there is some kind of drop-off, obviously, in the next year or two or whatever, next season he helps you contend for the Liga title regardless of who Madrid gets. Like That's what you're getting. As a number nine right now in 2022, you're getting a top two, three, right? He's like he's a year away. I mean, a year prior from having been definitely probably the Ballon d'Or winner two years ago, right? So it's like... Uh, Lewandowski, if Barca can get him even for 40 mil, I think you really, really do consider that even though he's 34 because I think this is an exception to that age rule. And it is weird because when we also mentioned Aspilicueta being 33, like now you're what? You want to upgrade the starting 11 of PK, Busquets, Alba, and add Aspilicueta and Lewandowski? Now that's where the problem begins, where you're, where you're just reinforcing with guys in their mid, and Alves too, guys in their mid to late 30s. Um, but Lewandowski, where are you on that? Yay or nay? And what's uh, basically what's worth? What's the cost value analysis for Lewandowski, Richard? I think you're right, Dan. I think he, he does have an incredible goal-scoring streak. I think if you look at the numbers, probably um, only Karim Benzema has anything close to those those numbers this season. And he's another player who's been 
um, excelling in 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 this, the latter stage of his career. Um, I'm always wary with Barca signing senior players, shall we say, because we all what happened with Aguero, um, Luke de Jong, as you say, and, and and bringing players in who are probably past their peak but can still offer something. But I think Lewandowski is is a very big exception to that rule. I think he's was it immense, and if if the pandemic hadn't happened, probably would have won the Ballon d'Or. Um, he probably should have won it last year, uh, but obviously Leo won it. So for me, 40, 50 million is probably small change if you have it in the budget to get a player of that um, quality because there are other players who will be available who not necessarily find number nines, out and out number nines, more versatile attackers who can operate that central position. Um, and I do think there are merits to that, but if you want someone who just gets your goals, having a, a Benzema type, because as you say, Madrid are probably going to get back eight, um, City are going to get a Haaland. You need to have someone who can fight among them. And if you can take uh, one of the, the best strikers in this generation, for a, a modest fee, let's be honest, at 50, 60 million is still quite high, but it'd probably be double, triple that probably a few years ago. So for that, valuation would be pretty uh, pretty good. But as I say, it all depends on the budget. And, and if not, then they have to look at alternatives. And, and there are alternatives out there, but not by number nines. Well, that's some of the irony, right? That Barcelona would like to, and I think they should be emphasizing upgrading their back line and reinforcing those positions. But in the same respect, since Xavi moved in with this pressing system that he uses, as much as you question Busquets's volatility in it and PK, whether he's in the, in the club and they're not allowing goals or whether he's out and they're leaking goals, that back line is actually much improved under Xavi and, you know, numerically, even if results have been hot and cold and recently, even though the results were, were poor, the back line still only leaked in, you know, the, again, the, the, the Eintracht Frankfurt loss at home was the rough one in, in leg two. But, I mean, Rio and Cadiz, if the attack scores, if Lewandowski scores a brace in the first 15 minutes, those matches are way beyond over. As much as I try to galaxy brain it to say the back line certainly needs to be reinforced with the names we're about to say, you know, the, the number nine position, the striker position is what wins you games. Goals win games, no matter what. You know, it's not even about outscoring because the way Lewandowski scores goals, you know, that matters. Like, score you scoring first in what is by what is Bayern score? Like, 82% of games they score first. So, like, if you score first, that puts your opponent in a place where teams like Ryan and Kadith, they can't possibly come out of their shape enough to, to contend or to fight back in those games. You've got some other names, though. That uh, And it's funny because you and I, when we just a little disclaimer here, we talked beforehand, so much of your emphasis is watching the Premier League and mentioning some Premier League players. And my emphasis was looking through Bundesliga, Liga, or other La Liga teams. So yeah, there's some Premier League names that you have heard floated out there. And I guess if you could also throw in some of the numbers that we're seeing, because I mean, Lewandowski is a guy that we're saying 40 to 50 mil makes sense. But I mean, how much are these guys worth? And the, the first name I'm going to throw to you is even Darwin Nunez from Benfica that I've heard 70 million. And I think Darwin Nunez for Barcelona would be worth it for 40 million. But how is a player not worth it from 40 to 70? But he's not like that's why we value and there's a market valuation for these players. Yeah, it's again, it comes down to obviously the, the extreme financial situation. And you know, Nunez, I don't doubt that there are clubs who can, can pay the 70, but is that regular payoff for Barcelona? I mean, he's a great player, no question. I saw him um, against Liverpool in the Champions League recently, and he is a real, real threat. But is he, if you're paying 70 million for him and it's 50 to 
Lewandowski. I think you, you look at the track record and Lewandowski speaks for itself and you would go for him over Nunez. But also, if you do go for someone like Nunez and a lot of the other players that have, have been mentioned recently, they do have the flexibility so they can shift out the wing and, and drop a number 10 role if needed because a Zabi system needs flexibility. You can't just be on a stringent, you know, 4 3 3 or 3 4 3 or, or even a 4 3 1. You have to mix it up and you have to move the players across the lines. And I think if you have someone like Nunez, that does give you that flexibility. But um, 70 million, in, I mean, if we were talking pre 2020, you'd probably say, yeah, very much attainable. But change the bars, the pitch is changing world football. And look at what. Um, Ruben Diaz off Manchester City they're not going to sell cheap and 70 million is probably an adequate valuation but unfortunately it's too much for Barca to go in on really Well what are some of the other names from the Premier League that you have heard and seen? So one that I've been quite intrigued by was uh, Gabriel Jesus at Manchester City um, similar to, to Nunez, not a traditional number nine um, and obviously it's quite interesting that he worked alongside Sergio Aguero before he left for Barca and um, he was a different sort of player. I mean, I remember when uh, Pep came in, he wasn't happy with Aguero's um, lack of pressing and his work rate off the ball. Um, and obviously, he got up to that level, but Jesus has been ready-made for that. I think Pep was really efficient in the praise of him. But it's not just that. He diversifies his, um, his uh, execution with, with, with goals. I hope that these are only Premier League stats, but um, he scored um, 31 with his left foot and 16 with his right foot. And then you can contrast that with Aguero again, only in the Premier League, 130 with his right, 34 left. So it's not even um, it's not even even a 50-50 split or a 75-25 rather, uh, like it is with Jesus. Um, and also he's well known with the um, with the Brazil national team. I think Dani Alves a few years ago, it was 2017, said he'll be the new Ronaldo, he'll be the new phenomenal, which um, is high praise indeed. And I, I think there are a lot of clubs who are going to be in for him. There's talk of Arsenal, there's talk of um, teams in Germany and Spain, would he be worth it at 60 million? Possibly. He's mid 20s, he's, he's developed a lot. And again, he's a player who can play across the lines. So that would be a good option. Um, but whether it, it, the deal works, right? Because if we're saying that Sensor Movie Nunez doesn't work, then 60 million for Jesus is probably going out of the question. Um, and there's a couple more left field ones. Um, people will probably be expecting this one because of the form they're in. But um, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane at Liverpool, um, both out of contract in the next season. Again, players who can operate the line. Mane in particular has really evolved his position. He started on the right when he came to Liverpool. Then he moved in central, then he moved on to the left um, because Luis Diaz came in from Porto. Um, and funny enough, I spoke to um, Ronald Koeman, former fitness coach, uh, recently when he was at the Netherlands, Everton and Southampton. And he said Mane is relentless um, in terms of how he prepares his body. He like six 60 meter sprints a day before the game, and that was at Southampton. So, um, I can imagine he still does that. And you know, he's clearly able to provide assists and I think that goes himself and, and Salah, um, really. But, um, I mean, with those two, I have a bit of a concern because obviously Liverpool don't like to sell players cheap. And we saw what the last time Bar Sports played from Liverpool, they basically bankrolled their current revolution where they are fighting on all fronts and I was at um, Jürgen Koch press conference earlier and he said it's pretty likely both will be sticking around a little longer so that indicates that if Barcelona were going to buy either player you're probably looking at the overall figure for Coutinho with 142 million euros rather than the overall deal it would be that would be the absolute vicious minimum so that would be a struggle um, now the last one 
is one I say with a bit of heavy heart and somebody I watch quite regularly. Um, but I think it could happen, and we and they have been linked before. Um, Richardson at Everton, I really like the way he plays. He always shows to the ball, even in a very poor underperforming team right now. Um, he's actually more adept centrally than out wide. I think right now he's got five goals and two assists from a central role compared to three and two on the left. He always does, does all the hard work. And like Jesus, he does a lot of tracking, which I didn't really notice until we went to the behind closed door setting here with uh, because of COVID and you didn't have the crowds. And you notice how much Jatty did because when he didn't, Jordan Pickford, the Everton goalkeeper, the England goalkeeper, Rematching mercilessly about get back and tracking, and so when you when that seems to be planted, you think, wow, he does really do a lot of, of, of extra work and, and a brilliant player, really fearless. And um, you know, he's won the Copa America, he's won a gold medal at the Olympics, obviously, the expense of every past summer. And I think the only way that that deal happened, and we know there was links in the past, was if Everton, as currently appears likely, are relegated from the Premier League, they've never gone down before, they haven't been down for 50 odd years. And, but if they, they do go down, they will be forced to accommodate the, the Premier League's, well, the English football's version of FFP because they can't afford all these high earners that they've brought in over the past five years. Um, so Dominic Cavalier, who's the England striker, will probably be sold, but there's also a more likely risk that the Charles could go. So right for Barca, I think Miss Charleston would go. Um, obviously, it has to be right for Everton too, but personally, because I, I both would plan Everton, I, basically, I really wouldn't want to see that happen because... Mm. You want to be covering the team um, in the second tier of English football because it, it's demoralising. But as I say, it could be alpha bar, so it does happen. So but we've got to wait and see. But there's definitely um, there's definitely mileage in that one, and especially with the way Zabi plays, I think I think we'll be perfect for it. It is interesting. I was looking at this. I think Tifo Football had something about this the other day about how Everton, there as far as their wages, they're just they're. There are some teams in the Premier League that are not built to go down because of the wages and what they pay their players. And Everton is certainly one of those examples where their players just make so much that it doesn't make any sense for the club to... I mean, yeah, you have to just cut your losses. And, I mean, it's going to be a long way back for Everton. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, not to say, but uh, I, I can't be that shoulder to cry on for you, Richard, just because, yeah, for Barcelona, Richarlson is to arrive. Yeah, because if Everton stays up, then they have to hold on to him. And they're going to ask $55, $60 million for him. But if they go down, then it, it might not be their choice. So some of the other names that I did have, though, I would again employ you to go over to the YouTube channel I watched last night. Just more detail on these players. I mean, Gordieri of Nice, he can play on the left or through the middle. I like his advanced metrics, his pressures, uh, expected assists as well. He moves the ball really well. And Nice are more dangerous than him on the field, which is what I want to see, along with kind of uh, along the same lines as Dembele. But he's not the pure finisher that we were talking about with Lewandowski. Speaking of pure finishing, Jonathan David, he has 17 goals this season, which is not a crazy number for Lille, but he's also not going to be any cheaper than the 40 to 50 millions that he probably is going to cost now. But again, you're talking 40, 50 for Jonathan David, a 22-year-old Canadian who's kind of on the way up, or is he already what he is? Like 50 million would be a bargain if he's not yet what he's going to be, and he scores 28 for you next season at Barcelona. But but again, you're paying 40 million of knowing exactly what you're going to get with Lewandowski. I also had Adam Flozik of Sparta Prague on the list, and he is much more of a attacking midfielder, but kind of a Kai Havertz is who he reminds me of because he's tall, he's lanky, he's got really good technical skill. He's, you know, very young, 19, 11 goals, 15 assists, but he would basically be, it would be a different look. It wouldn't be just a number nine, a striker. He would become this guy who drops in, 
basically is a false nine. And I think he would work really well with a player like Ansu coming from the left, where even if Losek isn't scoring, he's always a threat to score around the box. And that's important again with his height as well. But again, with the club looking so hard at Lewandowski, and you've even seen the success of Luke de Jong, I think, you know, in earnest that the club will not be spending, I mean, even for 25 million for him. And then there's one or two others I threw in there as well that, again, I always wonder when I do these lists, the advanced metrics say one thing. So I, I look first at that, like what kind of players, as far as the press, the pressing system that Xavi wants to employ, either a 3-4-3 or a 4-3-3, what kind of players will work well with even the other ones we already see about attacking space and dropping in, good technical skill. And when I'm looking at all of those different metrics, right, there's only so many options. And then i going down this list, and then, you know, to give another way, Jonathan Burkhart of Mites. He's a good player, 13 goals, 34 matches this season. He's technically pretty good, but am I now too far down? But the farther down I go in terms of that talent pecking order, if you will, Richard, I think the issue becomes I'm actually right now where Barca can afford. Like Barcelona, what's the level? The level of the talent you're expecting to get is we're talking about Lewandowski's. We're talking about Hollands. We're talking about Mbappe's. That's the level that you hear. That's what people want to talk about, Mohamed Salah. But what Barcelona can afford is much lower than that as far as just that top, top level talent or more unknown names. But the problem with unknown names is they might continue to be unknown and they might flop. And even Trincao, who is a big prospect for Braga, we see what he's become at 22. So that was definitely an issue for the striker position more so than any, because, you know, those players, they're valued by their goals. Their worth comes with their goals. If they do not score goals, then they were a waste of money and they're a waste of an investment. Now, left back is a little interesting because we don't evaluate that through goals and assists. So, you know, when you're looking for a left back for Barcelona, not even to replace Alba, but to compete with Alba and beyond, you know, it's funny because you have Lucas Digne right in front of you at Everton. But what kind of player, Richard, do you kind of look for as the, the left back option that, or the option that Barca should be looking at? I think goals and assists are probably the biggest thing. I think, especially the assist, that's your bread and butter as an attacking fullback. And we know Xavi likes to play with with pair with the wing backs um, or full backs, rather. Um, so I think players who can get crossed into the box for uh, it doesn't have to be an out and out number nine, but it can be a, an attacking player of some repute. Um, and that's a big thing. And, and when you look at the list of players who have been linked with Barca recently, um, there's not a great deal to jump out, um, but one who does for me is um, ex Barca B, Alejandro Grimaldo at Benfica. Um, I think that dream team tag's going to be getting um, quite heavily used if, if he comes in. But um, you look at the stats, last count, um, so this might not be great, but the last count was six goals and nine assists, which for a left back, that's incredible. Um, in like Benfica, which has a lot of attacking qualities and really rely on, on full backs as much to, to get goals and and, um, and I think, you, I, again, I've, I had the fortune to see him up close again when um, they played in the Champions League against Liverpool at Anfield. And again, looks good defensively. Um, he stopped Mr. Hamitala on a few occasions and there was a moment in the first half where Roberto Firmino had a cutback. Luis Diaz looked almost certain to on the end of him and, and put in the net. And he, he cut it out really badly. And I think you, you can't underestimate how good that defensive duties are for a full-back who can also create goals. Um, and I think the last uh, reports were from Mundo Deportivo, which said that the fee could be as low as €20 million. Euros. Now, just looking at those numbers, the goals and assists, that's probably a gamble worth taking, and, and especially with the way Xavi wants to play, I think that he will be perfect for that. Um, 
But again, there are other players in the equation, but I think for that price, that deal for someone who's clearly on the up, and it does make you wonder, did he need to leave the last year confined to to develop? We see that a lot with, with players like Garcia, um, we saw with players like Thiago, um, you know, Cesc Fabregas. You go through the list, there's always been players who have sort of branched out and have become weird waiting goals, and then Barca feel they have to get them back, and it looks like Grimaldo could be another one. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he was a case where it was a disagreement with Luis Enrique where he was probably going to be the backup left back, but he just, he fell out with, I mean, Luis Enrique had a big personality too, where he's also fallen out that being Luis Enrique with Jordi Alba. He expects a lot of his fullbacks as Pep Guardiola, as any of those, especially those Spanish managers in the modern game, the expectation of a fullback, it's one of the same reasons why if Xavi is out on a player like Serginho Dest, it makes sense because the positional play and the discipline that he needs from his outside backs are elite. And there are not too many elite outside backs in world football. And I think you're a little higher on me than Grimaldo, but it's interesting because I think you're right. Like 20 million for his output makes a ton of sense. Like that's worth a gamble at the price of fullbacks today because you could quickly, again, when I say left backs, you could quickly make an argument that that Alex Grimaldo is pushing into the top 15 of left backs in the world, that he's in that conversation or top 10 even because of how far Benfica was on display in the Champions League this year. Just the league is just the only question you have about Grimaldo. And so at 26, like he's in his prime and 20 million would be would be fine. But I don't know why Benfica wouldn't pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, he's got a contract expiring next season, not this year. So if you want him this year, it's going to be 50. And then he'll walk for free next summer, right? Like I think Benfica is in a place where, as I said, they're going to overprice their players. So I'm not sure about that. And you know, I don't know. So uh, there's what I think about Grimaldo. I, I I would put a little more credence in the rumors that we've heard about Javi Gailan of Celta de Vigo. And that reasoning is that he, he we went to Celta last year for 7 million euros. And his story is pretty insane too. Javi Gailan from Celta de Vigo. His 3.66 tackles per game were the 97th percentile for all outside backs. He's also played 96% of all available minutes for Celta this year. He has just three assists. So that's kind of where you do raise the red flag that will he fit at Barcelona? Not sure. But if you want your right back to be the one that gets forward and you want your left back to be a bit more stay at home, which is, again, not how Xavi's been playing with that strong side left wing where you have multiple players on the left wing creating those triangles, creating those boxes. But, you know, Guyland's interesting because at 27, he's had this insane rise from in 2015. He was playing for his tiny hometown team of Badajoz in the southwest part of Spain. Then he moves to mighty Cordoba in in, uh, in 2015, as I mentioned. And then it takes him two years to get promoted to that first team. Then two years after that, to Huesca in 2019, as they entered the Liga for the first time, then makes the move to Celta last summer. So, I mean, that's just remarkable. I mean, and we talk about late bloomers every now and again, but I mean that that's just kind of ridiculous for a player to, at basically 25, burst on the scene and become you know, one of the best left-backs in, in in the Liga because as much as we like Jose Gaia, and Jose Gaia is clearly a better player than Javi Gailan, truthfully. And Gaia is probably, from Valencia, the best option to really push Alba for, challenge him for minutes, or even if someone's going to take Alba's spot, it's going to be Gaia, more so than, I'd say, almost any other player. Grimaldo is, to me, just, again, a, still a lesser version of Alba, uh, and then Gailan is, again, a very different player, but a backup to Jordi Alba with how good Alba still is. But Gaia, it seems like he's going to extend and that's not going to happen. But that would be the example where, I mean, 
Gaia actually is kind of similar stuff to Gaia, except he doesn't create as much. But as you mentioned, a Barca left back has to create. So let me flip that on its head a little bit, though. You know, if you want to shore up a left footed center back problem and a left back problem and potentially a backup defensive midfield problem, Lissandra Martinez for Ajax has to be the name that you mentioned. Like, and it's not just the Ajax connection. Like, I, I want to, like, peel that back, right? It's not just about Ajax. Like, the guy's 24 years old. He's entering his prime. Apparently, the number might be, like, 35 million euros. And for you to get a utility player who can play as a, I mean, he's actually played as a single pivot occasionally for Ajax and can play at left back when needed and can play at left center. And it's not like the the Araujo at right back thing where Araujo has to deputize as a right back. No, like he's actually comfortable as a left back. Doesn't get forward as much, obviously, but he can still get forward. I think Lissandro Martinez, when I talk about reinforcing the back line, has got to be first on that list because of all the different things he can do. Absolutely, and, and you look at Ajax, they're in a similar position now to what they were in 2019 when um, the likes of uh, Frankie de Jong and, and Matisse de Ligt were, were picked off after an incredible season. And, and it's probably been made more difficult to sort of stem the flow of that exodus because Eric Ten Hag going to Manchester United. So structurally, even though the philosophy means that I think a lot of players from this golden generation will, will move on, I think it was probably... 2019 was probably a bit of a warning shot. And then, as you say, Martinez, is, he does tick a lot of boxes. I mean, the versatility is is brilliant. And, and I think he's one of the ones from the Ajax team that you've seen. When it was Delict and, and De Jong um, in 2019, you think that's one of the players we need to get. And as you say, the price could be quite um, quite flexible. I think it's probably not going to be in the same sort of ballpark as, as, as we had with, um, with some of the other names on the list because... Ajax have a core philosophy, and although they do try and get the, the back more bang for the book, it can't stop a player from from wanting out. And I think um, if Barcelona coming from Martinez, unless there is a real foot race for him, I think Barcelona would get him. And I think he would, as you say, cover a lot of ground. You know, he fits three or four positions there, and and you need that versatility in the team. That's why I'm sort of more leaning towards the the more flexible attacking rather than, than an out and out number nine. Although Lewandowski, there is hard to argue against him but in the same respect I think Martinez has that option of of playing in various roles and, 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 and giving the team more dimension because it's difficult when you have just set positions and you don't have any fluidity to it I think things can fail teams can work out quickly um, especially early on in games to work out what then go and target certain areas but if Martinez can play in multiple areas and he can play even as you say midfield then perfect because then that gives Zavi more options to Change it up, you can play 4 3 3, 4 2 3, 1 3 4 3. You know, they're the core formation he really does go with from, from the early evidence. So it would be perfect, but right. And if, if I actually do set it for say 35 40 million euros, that's probably attainable. Yeah, and that makes it where now you're talking about let's say you spend between him and Lewandowski, let's say you spend the 75 million euros for those two players, and then there's free transfers of Christensen and Kessier. So a combination of just four of Lissandra Martinez. Christensen, Kessier, and Lewandowski, that's a fine summer. I mean, that's a fine summer, depending, like, based on where the club is financially, based on the challenges with the wage bill, if they're able to move on, as we mentioned, four or five of the other players that we already had discussed, and Sergio Roberto takes that salary reduction to facilitate Gabi's renewal, I mean, it's it's not so bad of a summer. Some of the other right-back names I had on the list was the Croatian Borna Sosa from Stuttgart. I had David Rom of Hoffenheim, had really good metrics there. And Hoffenheim and Leon are interesting because there's a few Leon names, a few Hoffenheim names on my list because they both are two teams that play very pressing, 
even though they're you know they're middle of the table kind of or top half of the table in their respective leagues. I think Hoff and I'm actually in the bottom half at this point. But anyway, they, they press a lot and their their advanced metrics say that they would fit in Xavi's system. That's why Hoffenheim and Lyon players seem to pop up that way. And then Adrian Treffer, who's a 20-year-old from Rennes, he is also on the list just because he, he scored three goals this season, but he also has an insane amount of pressures and insane amount of blocks. And again, that has something to do with the team he plays for, but he is still 20. So he would be a, a younger option as well if the club doesn't truly trust Alejandro Balde, who's basically missed two seasons now. It's still his 18 though. So a guy that still is on the up and up as a left back. So again, he if you believe a little bit in Balde, that again continues to make Lissandra Martinez be the point here, right? Because now you have a backup left back in Martinez. In theory, Jordi Alba's your starter, and Balde, what can he give you as that left back? And then again, if Xavi chooses to play three at the back, then you have Martinez, Araujo, Garcia, Pique, Christensen, and all that makes a lot of sense, right? Okay, and so we don't really have necessarily time to talk about right backs. All I basically want to say is that two of the names that were very high on the list, I had Malo Gusto, who is a teenager, an 18-year-old for Lyon. As I said, his advanced metrics are good. And then Arnaud Martinez of Girona, who plays in the second division. He's also a 19-year-old, a, a, a teenager. Other than that, there was Wilfred Singo of Torino, who's 21, who's very, very fast, plays on the wing for Torino in a 3-4-2-1, so as a, an, you know, as a wing back. But he's not very good on the ball yet. I, I think he's his passing metrics are very, very, very poor for a player that Xavi would trust to, to have to make a lot of combinations and uh, play a lot of one-touch passing. And other than that, as I look through and through and through, right back is a really shallow position right now because people are, are, are definitely going to respond to us. Well, what about Trent Alexander-Arnold? Well, what about Trent Alexander-Arnold? Like, <laughs> it's like, good luck. And so I think right back is just, I don't know. Like, I know people hate on Dest, and I know I defend him too much, Richard, but I would say good luck. I would say good luck finding a better right back rotation next season than Dest, 39-year-old Danny Alves and Araujo deputizing as the right back. Or, again, if Xavi switches to three at the back, then this is a, this is a, a point that we don't really need to discuss because I, I just I don't see it. I don't see that player, and I also definitely don't see that player who's available. You know, Jao Cancelo, great, awesome, good player. Good job naming him. I have, I've, got, <laughs> I've got nothing for you. Any names that you've got for me, Richard, like at all? Or, is I mean, or again, I, I just want to tell people, like, suck it up on Dest a little bit. <laughs> You're going to have to. Well, I mean, I, 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 anyone who's on the Facebook group knows that I've been a, a staunch defender of Dest, and I was a big fan of him um, when he came in because I think, if you recall, it was um, between Dest and Max Ahrens, who's at Norwich City now. I've seen a lot of Max Ahrens since that time, and nothing suggests that he's an upgrade on Dest. And, and that's what this boils down to. It's, it's who comes in who is uh, an actual upgrade. Um, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the Dest situation because you actually look at one of the, the names um, on the list. Been a Barca, but probably not as strongly. Uh, Masrai, uh, Ajax. Yeah, that's the that's um, the name, right? And he's going to Bayern Munich. So I mean, that was exactly. the name. That was the one chance. That was the one home run hit. And if he's going to Bayern, it's the yeah, conversation's over. Yeah, and unfortunately, the the immortal Mino Raiola is um, pushing that one. So because we know how Raiola gets what he wants for him, more so than his clients. No matter how much Masrai wants to come to Barca. Raul's answer will be money talks, as it always does with, with agents and intermediaries. So uh, I think that one's pretty, pretty much dead in the water. I don't think it's even a dead heat. I think buying a, a running unopposed to that one. And I think, as you say, people are going to have to suck it up on desk because he is the best of what's out there at the moment because they have to be upgraded and, and there aren't really many at the moment. So again, I think we have a 
that was our right back conversation. I don't know how, especially again, as we went through the list of where the club needs to reinforce, potentially at right winger, if Dembele does indeed leave with those, again, it's getting slimmer and slimmer that he does leave, which is a good thing. I think, and, and then you're immediately talking striker, and then I think you talk left back way before you talk even right back based on that rotation, because Alba plays every single minute. And then at the center back spot, yeah, we mentioned Martinez, didn't really mention anybody else, but even at that position, I think Christensen is the only thing as they went down their their list of who they can even, not even who can they can afford, but what positions they're trying to reinforce, I think center back or a second center back just becomes lower. Even if they offload Mingetha and Langley and Umtiti, then I think, I mean, not to say I think, but my assumption is that there might be a look into the subsidiary, into Mika Marmol or to Diego Almeida, who is a right-footed center back, that there might be some other center back who can be your fifth center back from Barca B, because we haven't seen one this season we haven't seen because Mingetha was the one who last made that move so you just fill up basically Mingetha's spot and then can Miko Marmol do that yeah of course like Miko Marmol the left-footed center back can can give you the exact however many matches that what was it two matches that Mingetha played for Xavi unfortunately two of them were really really important <laughs> based on injuries this season so it tells you um how injured the team was and how fatigued they were but as I said the names that we had mentioned Richard if they're able to bring in four or five of those names that we have said, I think the club is going to be a lot deeper and they're going to be able to handle injuries to Pedri or Ansu or, or to that level where one injury doesn't completely derail a season the way Pedri's has over the last two and a half weeks, which is pretty horrifying. But yeah, Richard, uh, is there any names you want to throw out there? Or more importantly, if people check out your name in the show notes, you know what do you have going on and where can people find you again? Um, so I'm sort of across a few places, um, but at the moment I'm, I'm doing mostly stuff for the Sunday Mirror newspaper in England and the National in Abu Dhabi, and then um, quite a few regional publications in in, in the Northwest of England covering Liverpool and Everton. So, um, and then occasionally you'll hear me on Sirius um, talking about the English Premier League. So they're probably the main places to find me. I'd say, and, and also the Facebook, which I think goes well. Yeah, so yes, Richard is, uh, again, he's a blue checkmark on Twitter, and he pops up in that, that, that Barcelona Facebook group, and I go, you know, the arguments you have that I don't, that I sit out of, I mean, again, Richard Buxton is a saint in the uh, in the Barcelona community, I can tell you that. So, But yes, he's also a professional journalist that covers Everton and Liverpool, so make sure you give him a follow on Twitter and, get, and show him the love as well. So again, he also is in our closed Facebook group, the Barcelona Podcast, so no, it's not just people who are completely insane and off their rocker and full of nonsense. It's some pretty uh, intelligent people as well. So answer the questions, I'll let you in. We're also on Patreon, as you know, and we're also on YouTube as well with those match reviews with that big big feature i came out with yesterday the barcelona podcast over there and then finally again a big thank you to everyone that supported me as i have taken the last year to get to improve the logo get the logo out go through that whole process and now finally we've arrived at merchandise so that link is down in the description below as well but most importantly thanks so much for listening to the show until next time we'll talk to you soon before the barca Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.